Welcome to another episode of the Criterion Quest, a continuing podcast series looking at important films and contemporary classics. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Lee. Hello. And uh, we are joined by another special co-host, <laughs> Mr. Toby Zahn. Hello. <laughs> Uh, we'll get into what that sound effect was in a little bit, but uh, yeah, as, as we normally do at the end of every, or beginning of each new year, we're going to break away from the collection a little bit to talk about some new films that we watched and enjoyed this year. So uh, I guess kicking it all off, how's everybody's 2020? <laughs> Pretty great. Yeah. It's a good year. Yeah. Good year for us. Absolute shitstorm of the year. I'm disappointed I didn't watch more films. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the case for me, like the working from home and just being like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to be able to watch so much shit just in the background. That lasted like a week. I and got, then I got my Fallout character up to level 230. That's... That's impressive as <laughs> shit. Claire got, I know, like 400 hours into Animal Crossing. <laughs> it's insane. But, um, yeah, no, it just hit that thing where you're just like, I can't be fucked watching new stuff. I'm just going to go to comfort food. There wasn't a whole lot of new stuff being, like, there was bits and pieces being released, but not a whole heap of stuff. Yeah, well, that was part of the problem, really. So, I don't know, I just watched Community, like, twice the office again I'm now I'm now binging Seinfeld again <laughs> like you go to the comfort foods yeah I think I watched Silicon Valley like three times hmm. what about you Lee any any TV binging I watched um, Fleabag for the first time and frothing loved it yeah it is that Fleabag's pr- something pretty special that season yeah. two in particular yeah. we, we were talking about this the other night <laughs> <laughs> technically not from 2020 but still works something I watched yeah um, the 2020 show though to me that is like if, if I could, I would say it's probably my number one film of the year, but I can't because it's a fucking TV series, <laughs> is uh, How To with John Wilson. Oh, yeah, that was phenomenal. That, that, was, that was absolutely phenomenal. That was, like, a moving piece of art. Yeah, that, that show is insane and, like, came at the right time. <laughs> yeah. Was the most ultimate warm hug thing. If you, if you haven't seen How To with John Wilson, um, please I'm track it down. Watch, like, I've been watching Twin Peaks, but I think I'm going to have to watch that tonight. That yeah. Was, uh... <laughs> Go back to it. Yeah. You showed me one episode. I watch it was... twice in a week. Yeah. Uh, how to make small talk? Yes. Yeah, that's, oh, that's the first I episode, loved I think. It. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to watch the whole thing. And But, like, nothing the beats. Fi- the final episode, or, like, no, the one before it, I think episode six. The, um... I can't remember now. Oh, which one? The... Not how to put plastic covers on your furniture. <laughs> that one's insane. The, the one where he goes to the Mandela Effect conference and yeah, how, how oh, does the, the internet work? Yeah. It's yeah. Grown by, grown by crystals. <laughs> how does the internet work? Is it crystals? <laughs> Just the greatest. Um, so that's a TV recommendation, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I figure what we'll do with this episode is just kind of free flow chat about whatever, you know, we've seen, like, we'll go broad strokes and genre stuff. Um, do we, how do, how do we, how do we want to jump into this? Um, well, I think before anything, we need to explain that sound we heard earlier. Oh, well done. Yes, yes. It's a spoiler sound. Yeah. So, we have a button on the table. If you hear that noise, that is a warning for spoilers ahead. And uh, on your podcast app, maybe just jump ahead 30 seconds or a minute or something. And, yeah. Well, it's kind of like how, yeah. It's, it's an arbitrary kind of... 
skipping forward. Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's on you guys. That's yeah. on, yeah. I mean, work it out. We're doing it. We're trying to do our due diligence because we're going to end up talking about some stuff like Promising Young Woman, which has only just really come out in Australia. Has I mean, it's in cinemas in the US. I think it's raked in a massive box office of $700,000. Um, wow. Because the world is on fire still. Actually, I do have to talk about. So, what was the most profitable film of 2020, Chris? Um, I. I'm not actually 100% sure. I think... Too Fast, Too Furious. No, um, Bad Boys 3, I think. Because that came out in, like, March? February. February? <laughs> and so I think the top... Actually, I'm... Fuck it, I'm going to look it up right now while we're talking. I can't believe there's a Bad Boys 3. It's terrible. I don't even think I've seen Bad Boys 1. No, uh, See, I love... I, I have a huge soft spot for Bad Boys 1 and 2. Like, I don't know... Why? I just kind of grew up on them. I think they're dumb, fun, schlock. Kind of in the same way that people love... Um, too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, the, those movies. And, I mean, those you know. movies are pretty fantastic. Like Yeah. So, okay, the highest grossing film worldwide is something called The 800, which I'm going to guess is like a non-English film. Oh. <laughs> yes, that is a Chinese film. I was about to say China. Um, so, uh, coming in at $426 million is Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> uh, the f- and then the self-proclaimed film that is going to save movie theaters, Tenet, comes in closing, di- closing gross, $363 million. That was a terrible Jesus. film. It's not... Yes, it is. There's no redeeming factors about that other than is it Patterson who's in it? No. Yeah, and I like Aaron Taylor Johnson as well. Yeah, like that's Martin the- Donovan, like this, and Kenneth Branagh um, doing the most Bond villain. Like without, he needed a mustache so he could twirl it some more. It's just such a <laughs> piece of arrogance. Like that's all it is. It's just it's, it's bad. But, it's really but, bad. But like, that, it's it not it- even convoluted bad. Like it's nothing makes sense and. There's no reason for it. It just skips. It's just all over the shop. What it are you terrible. saying about the sound design? Oh, the sound design is uh, mixed the worst ever, so you can't actually hear the dialogue that's happening that's explaining what's going on in the convoluted plot. That's um, why it's confusing. But no, to it's, me, not, it's not confusing, though. That's the thing. It's like I can understand why people would think Inception or Interstellar is confusing. I'm using air quotes for people who can't see that. <laughs> but it's not even confusing. It's just dumb. Like, it's just dumb. Yeah, my, my thing with Tenet is <laughs> I, I, I think it is a response to the previous type of Nolan films, in particular Interstellar and Inception, where he spends too much time overly explaining the convoluted mess that it was, and he copped shit for that. Yeah. And so he's just like, all right, you don't like when I do that? Fucking have this thing. <laughs> and it's... Did he uh, write that? Of course he did. Oh. Yeah. Um, and to me, it's it's very clearly him doing his James Bond film. He's a huge James Bond fan. It's him trying to do that. But the fundamental thing he doesn't include is the sense of fun. Like, it's not... Fun. Fun. It, it's not an enjoyable film to watch. It, it's... I mean, it is. There's some fun... There's some, there is some fun set pieces in there. But it has no sense... Like, Inception has jokes. Inception's fun. <laughs> Do you think people who aren't as filmy as us would love Tenet, though? Well, I, I had a friend message me the other night saying that he fucking loved it. And I was yeah. just like, not for me. It, yeah. I'm like, it, he's like, I, I think I said, like, I put it in the same realm for me of, like, 
it's fine that you liked it, but it's a Nolan film that didn't connect with me, like Interstellar, and he's like, you're fucking dead to me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like a normal person's film. Like, they'll think it's like, oh my god, it's revelation. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not. And I think we have to preface it, everything that we're saying about any of these films with, this is our opinion. <laughs> yes, of course. And that's the whole thing. Like, we're not saying you're wrong for no. liking something. Like, of course, like what you like. That's yeah. fine. I just, and that's why I phrased it to my friend of like, ah, it just didn't vibe with me. I find saying something like really neutral yeah. like that works. It's like he's trying to be David Lynch without David, like, David Lynch. It's... David Lynch doesn't make any sense, but it makes sense. David Lynch makes sense to David Lynch. Christopher Nolan makes sense to Christopher Nolan. (laughs) Except I way prefer one of their (laughs) visions. Um, But, like, the interesting thing, like, before we jumped on Mike, I was saying, like, it's kind of... It's been a weird year because we... Cinema's obviously closed for the majority of the year. So all those big tentpole movies that usually come out, like, there was, like... There was once two superhero films this entire year. Good. Yeah. There was no Marvel film. There was no Star Wars movie. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. Actually, sense. there was one Marvel film. Is that Wonder Woman or is that... No, that's DC. DC. There were two DC films. Uh, Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie, ah, which wasn't bad. I've I like, seen I kind of dug it. Yeah. And then Wonder Woman, which is its own... The further away I get from that film, the more I kind of like it because it's so fucking insane. Like it's, and I'm really upset that everyone's like hating it so much because it means really? insanity. Everyone was loving it. No, it's it's yeah, not. No mm. one's really liking it, but it bums me out because it means insanity won't happen again. Like they can like it's you can't go fucking weird anymore. Uh, yeah, they probably can. It's DC. None of yeah. their movies match. We just gotta wait for Sam Raimi's Marvel movie that comes out next year. Then that'll. That'll be insane again. What's that? He's doing Doctor Strange 2. And apparently it's a full-blown horror. It's like Doctor Strange in the multiverse of monsters or something. You know what? I couldn't give two shits. Sam Raimi, man. Yeah, Sam I like Raimi. Sam Raimi, but I just don't care about any superhero <laughs> films. The Boys is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's I recommend that as a TV show, which is superhero-esque. Still haven't watched it. I, yeah. need, to, I need to get into that. That one I highly recommend, but we won't talk about that one. Yeah. Um, sorry, Lee. I was going to say about movies and being the year that it is and people holding back movies. And I, a movie I saw which wanted me to pay like 40 bucks on the Disney Channel, but I'm like, fuck you, and waited it for it to go free was Mulan. Oh, you watched Mulan. I watched Mulan. And again, this is my opinion. I really, really, really didn't like it. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> surprise! Yes, surprise! I really love the old Mulan like too much. Yeah, as people as uh, people who subscribe to our Patreon would know from our Beauty and the Beast commentary, <laughs> <laughs> Lee like Disney. We <laughs> love Disney. Yes, I watched Mulan and I watched Frozen too, but I'm not sure if that was this year. No, no, that was like last oh, year, the okay. year before. Yeah. yeah, both not great. Yeah, but um, that was just hilarious that it got put off release for so long. And then they suddenly realised, well, this virus isn't going anywhere, so I guess we better put it out on our streaming service. Mm. But we kind of spent a lot of money on this, so we'd like to get some money back. Uh, 40 bucks to rent on the Disney Channel. Yeah, no, that's like, that's their uh, way of... Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'm already paying for your service. I'm not paying again. Yeah, I, I have no interest in this. So. <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah. the streaming wars, which is a whole other conversation. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into all of that. I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, so Warner Brothers is doing... Is Warner Brothers? Yep. Doing this year? Oh, like, God. No, yeah, AT&T and all. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But that's kind of like this whole thing about like there being no big tentpole 
films. Like, I mean... It's the rise of the indie. Yeah. Mid-budget movies. They, they're the ones that suffered this year, but mm-hmm. because of that, the only films that kind of released anywhere, including on streaming platforms and everything, were really interesting, small, independent films. Or, like, you know, more or less independent films. And because of that, I think a lot of people kind of focused and shifted towards those, like... Things like Palm Springs, like... Do we just... Vast of Night. Vast of Night. Like, you know, that being on a bunch of people's top ten list. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. This little under a million dollar film, like... Oh, I love The Vast of Night. Yeah. yeah. I love the way it was shot. Yeah. There's so much about it to talk about, but the way it's shot, that one long... The... <laughs> that one long what would you call that the go-kart shot? Like the, scene the go uh, yeah yeah the, all the massive kind of tracking shots I guess or then you want to say like a steady cam shot but it's not yeah. yeah Um, but it's so genius because it's like A it's stylistic as fuck it looks amazing but then it also gives you the dimensions and the geography of the place we are the setting we are the yeah. type of people we're surrounding it in this flashy single shot he sets the world up for you perfectly. Yeah. And the same by, like, that's the when we first arrive and get to, like, the baseball, basketball game. We're following them walking. And then when we leave, yeah, you've got um, Emmett and I forget the girl's name. Should we do a synopsis? Like a plot? Yeah, yeah sure, sure. It's an alien movie without the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, yeah, that is that is it. Um, that was a joke. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is such a... Simple and wonderful concept. It's kind of like Close Encounters without, like, the encounter. Yeah. It's it's harking back to that old... Like, you know, you see all these people be like, oh, Independence Day is a throwback to the 50s sci-fi schlock movies. No, it is not. This is a throwback. This is a throwback. Like, even down to the point of the radio station that he works at is WOTW. Yeah. War of the Worlds. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. I love how the characters talk. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The dialogue and the... I don't know what you'd describe it as, but it's so wonderful. If those two actors don't become massive stars after this, like, I don't. I I give up. (laughs) Because they are, like, you start that movie and it's like, nothing happens really for the first 20 minutes. It's But you're engaged? Yeah, it's like the sound equipment's not working at the basketball game, so they have to get the radio station guy down and he steals a guy's trombone and hides it in a locker and then they're just walking back while he's talking to the girl about her tape recorder. Like what the fuck is this movie? Yeah, you're right. You're, you're just engaged with it just for what for some reason. Their it's performances just, just and the dialogue and the characters. Yeah. yeah. And then when you get into the switchboard and shit starts getting oh, interesting. That switchboard scene with the uh, with what's the girl's name? I, I forget yeah. her name, but it's a twelve minute that, unbroken yeah, shot. That yeah. switchboard scene is just brilliant. Like yeah, I don't even know where to begin with that. Just. Fantastically shot and well acted, and just everything about it. You, yeah, I can't fault that movie. That's that's yeah, easily. That's I think that's third on my list. Yeah, I think that was maybe the second or third film I watched this year that I'm like, that's in my list. Yeah. End of year list for sure. Like it's just so good. It really was. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that was a film that had technically come out like premiered in 2019. I like South by Southwest and things, and then Amazon picked it up, and but it didn't actually get a proper release until I think March. So. It's a bit dicey with the films that we're picking because they might have you know been here and there, but the yeah, ones we've watched, yeah, like the big one for me, like I have a couple on my list that like I actually you know I posted my end of year video and things, and someone on YouTube, a, a, li- a listener, um, commented on it saying like, oh, shouldn't these some of these films haven't come out yet? Shouldn't you hold them off? And I'm like, I, sh- I mean, yeah. 
but by the nature of my work, I saw them in 2020, so... That's I mean, not fair. I mean, I, well, There's I mean, a movie I want to talk about that we can't talk about, because yeah. it's like, you know... <laughs> yeah. But, but I saw mine through legal reasons. <laughs> hey, so did I. I got, I got paid to watch my movies. Like you, you want to talk about The Father, and that's not... No, no, I'm not... I'm not that's, that's, there's a couple, that's the one I'm talking about, essentially. Oh, yeah. like, I, I saw The Father back in February, yeah. and um, I'm... I'm not going to talk about that one because it has screened at Venice. Yeah, I, I think say, a couple of festivals. It, it screened anyway? And it did a one-week screening in New, Jer- in New Jersey for Oscar for award consideration. That's it. Can okay. you explain why you've seen it? Um, oh, the listeners know that I work in film distribution, so I, yeah, that's fine. I, I try to keep that kind of vague, and they, they don't need to. Yeah, I, I work in for a distribution in the industry. In the industry, we'll say yeah. Okay, let's move this on. This is my pseudo anonymous. <laughs> I got to be Batman somehow. Yeah. <laughs> But okay, so that, that could lead on to Palm Springs because I well, guess that yeah. is technically a science fiction movie. Yeah, it just won the Gotham Award today for best science it fiction fantasy like film. Yeah, oh, the Super Critics Choice. Oh, Award. that was it was the Critics Choice Awards. Yeah, I, which you know I can see, I can get. What other fantasy? It's just they didn't want to give Tenet an award. <laughs> well, there was nothing else really that came out like sci-fi-ish. I guess. I mean, I can understand where. It, how they could put it, categorize it like that, but I don't see it like that at all. I, I mean, it's co- it's. I mean, it is. It is definitely secondarily a fantasy film, but its core conceit and its core concept is a fantasy device. Yeah, so. yeah, which I, I understand. Yeah, it, it's a it's a dr- romantic dramedy. <laughs> I, like, I liked that on the first viewing. I disliked it on the second viewing. What what did you like about it? Everything. Okay. Yeah, I just thought it was a convoluted mess. I love the word convoluted. Um, yeah, clearly. It, it's it try. It was just trying too hard. Like I like their relationship, Sandberg and whatever. Uh, like, Kristen Milioti. Yeah, massive eyes, dear eyes. Mm. Um, She's uh, uh, DiCaprio's first wife in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I like. I didn't hate the film, but. It just rubbed me the wrong way on the second viewing for some reason, and I can't quite put my finger down what it was. Maybe it's just... I, I still can't... I'm still trying to process why I didn't like well, it. Like what, because you, that's one you saw as well. Yeah, I, I loved it. I've only watched it once. I really, really enjoyed it. It was very lighthearted and nice, but then also kind of dark at times as yeah. well. Um, no, I, I loved it. Um, I was talking to someone the other day, and they didn't like it because of the female character and, and her motivations. Motivations in what sense? Like she's a bad character. I mean, she's like well. They're, they're, that's the thing. They're, they're all bad people yeah. learning to not be bad. bad. Is that what you think, think they meant? I think they meant the ending. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I don't like the ending. Is yep. Do it. <laughs> the, that's my the one problem. Thir- the third act just kind of wraps itself up too quickly. <laughs> that's it's it's the interesting thing of like. As much as the marketing and like the billing and everything is Sandberg's the star, it is her film. Yeah. She is our protagonist. She is our hero of that film. And then in the third act, she disappears. Yeah, she it, has her growth and her development and solves the problem. That's what I guess I didn't like about it. Yeah. It's like how she came about. Like, okay, so it's alluded to that she's smart at the start of the movie and stuff, but then she just learns quantum. Oh, no, no. She's, she's not smart. She just spends. Yeah, well, whatever. Years in that just, time loop learning. Yeah, and it, it just... I just thought that was a real weak ending. It's... its That's my one issue with the film, is I'm so invested in her as a character, and I'm enjoying her journey so much, that 
not getting to see her third act, her, her growth and development in the third act, is a little bit irksome. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's having not- her not in the film informs the growth and development of Sandberg's so, character and I really like that but they just tried to like, I think they just for me they just tried to condense too much into that one montage and that that just really rubbed yeah well that, that's yeah. that's what I mean like instead of having a half hour seek like stretch that's, where Sandberg's that's like in, where is she where is she you have the nice scene of him going to visit J.K. Simmons at his yeah, house that, and that stuff. was great like that's this is one of the one of the very rare occasions I will say that movie would have benefited from another like 20 minutes half an hour mm. um, rather than like the hour 30 or whatever it yeah, was it's a crisp 90 minute film yeah, yeah. I, it kind of needed just a little bit more just on her um, and they could have cut like a bit of the fat as well like there was a little just the sequence where they like steal a plane yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that like oh yeah that's that's you gotta, you gotta have your Groundhog Day montage <laughs> like of him being like morning Felix like yeah. three four steal the bag five six huddle <laughs> like yeah. yeah, you have to have it's yeah. Um, I I really still love that film in just it's a nice, lovely, especially the time it came out as well. It was just like yeah, I need something like this right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, I don't hate the film. I just don't didn't like it as much on the rewatch. Um, and I guess it's more to do with the third act than anything else. Yeah, and I, I I totally agree with you. I. It's that double, like I said, it's a double-edged sort of like I really want to see her growth and development as a character, but at the same time, I think if the film had done that, I'd be a bit like, okay, yeah, yeah, like it, it's a there's a no-win it's a no-win yeah. situation getting out of that type of movie. It's a good concept, especially Actually, like, it, it works for Groundhog Day because we're only following one protagonist, yeah. one person stuck in this loop. With this film, yeah. we got three. Yeah. However, if they'd done that, it would have just been Groundhog Day 2. Well, I, exactly. I think it is just Groundhog Day 2, just with a a reason for, like... I mean, they never really... With Groundhog Day, it's, you know, they kind of explain why... No, they never do. Yeah, this is just, like, why are you explaining why they're stuck here? Like, you could have just left it like Groundhog Day. Yeah, it was just a yeah. thing that... There was but, something in that cave, but, like... Yeah, and I don't know. Like, the, the weirdness of, like, the dinosaurs are never explained... Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's dinosaurs yeah. in that movie. Yeah, the last, the last scene. I like that though. I love that it's not. Expi- I think yeah. it more, maybe a bit more of that. It, yeah, well, that's it. Lean into the magical realism of yeah. the situation. That's why a I didn't think more. it was like a fantasy film or anything because it's they explain everything. Yeah, <laughs> I do think it was a great. It was great to see Sandberg do something very much in his wheelhouse, but extended a little bit different as well. Yeah, he he wasn't the star. No, that, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's it's Kristen Milioti's film. But yeah. I, I thought he did a great job not just being like... I And I say this as a massive Lonely Island fan. Yeah. It's not Sandberg like... Yeah. Like it's... I much prefer seeing him try to act. It's like bowling um, in Promising Young Woman. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Lee, what were some of your other favourites for the year? Um, favourites? I don't know. Films I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um... Well, are we going to save docos? Oh, we can jump into docos now well, if we want. Why don't we go to Happiest Season? Because we're talking about romantic comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to watch that, but I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, I, I think you might watch that one, Toby, just knowing you as someone be like, all right. Yeah, I was going to check that out. That was a movie. Yeah. It'd be like me recommending, like, dude, you got to watch Father of the Bride. Uh, yeah. That movie is great. But you would just be like, why the fuck are you making me watch this? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a very... And I, I copped shit for it. Like, some people were like, really? That in your end of year video? And I'm like, 
Fuck you, I enjoy, that, that was enjoyable. I was going to say something, I don't think to, in order to be a great film or a film you enjoy, it necessarily has to be a five star film. No. I wouldn't not. put Happiest Season in five stars, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, oh totally. I had a great time watching that movie. Um, I would say the two thirds of that film, I wanted to turn it off, to mm-hmm. be honest. I was hating it. And to the point of it not being realistic, with all the stuff that the girlfriend goes through, Oh, yeah. I would have packed up and left, and I just had to keep reminding myself she's there to propose, she's there to propose, she's in it for good. Yeah. And then the more shit that went down, the more stuff that kept going wrong, I'm like, why are you still there? Yeah, the the explosion that happens at the, um, like, dinner fundraiser for a dad's mayoral campaign or whatever... It's, it's an almost unforgivable act that Mackenzie Davis does. It's just like, how the fuck are you going to come back from this? Yeah. And then you realize, like, in that beautiful scene with Dan Le- uh, Dan Levy and Kristen Stewart outside where he explains to her, like, because Kristen Stewart's like, I'm fucking done. done. Yeah. But Dan, like, in that wonderful little monologue, explains, like, as much as you're hurting, she is as well now. Like, yeah. it's the whole thing of, like, she is someone str- str- struggling to come, come out. out. Like, yeah. and it's a really... It, it puts it all in perspective, and plus Mary Holland is the funniest fucking performance of the year, except for maybe Anthony Carrigan in Bill and Ted. Oh, <laughs> uh, Mary Holland's the third sister who's, like, writing the sci-fi, the Dungeons her. and Dragons book and, and things. Oh, yeah. I loved her. I, but you know what? It redeemed itself very, very well. Because yes. I was like, you are going to try and flip this, and I'm not going to be on board. Yeah. And then it flipped, and I was on board, and I actually really, really liked it's super yeah. enjoyable. Like it redeemed itself as great, uh, fucking funny. Like I laughed out loud way more than I was expecting putting that movie on. Yeah. The trailer is not great. It makes it look like way lighthearted, more lighthearted than it is. Yeah, and fucking Aubrey Plaza. Oh. Like I love when people cast her right. <laughs> like put her in a role that is suited to her, and yes. she can destroy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, just given that shit-eating grin. Like, or not even a grin, just that shit-eating, like, death dagger look at oh, the fucking so party. Like, ugh, so good. Toby's like, I don't know. No, I've got nothing. I know these names you're saying, like Mary Holland and Aubrey Plaza, but I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I chucked it on, and I got, like, they were walking down the street, and it was all Christmas time, and I'm like, yeah, okay, that's enough. Yeah. yeah well, it's like a Christmas movie. <laughs> I would say anyone watching that film would have to persevere because I wanted to turn it off so bad and I yeah. think if I wasn't doing this podcast I probably would have <laughs> yeah but it was worth it but it was worth it yeah hmm. yeah um god t- talking about some films that are like a bit of a struggle to get through that make it so worth it in the end um different kind of struggle not in terms of like ugh filmmaking or like you know cringiness or whatever not to say happiest <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, boy state mm. let's get into the docos that's a tough film to watch for a couple of different reasons. <laughs> I loved it. I, I fucking I didn't, loved it was, it. I didn't think it was a tough film to watch at all. It it it, it a very it elicits a lot of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Maybe not hard to watch, but it for me, I was like, far out. Are these mm. boys for real? I mean, we've kind of talked about this one before, anyway. I think. Yeah, we, I think we talked about it on the Myth episodes yeah. actually. So. Um, if you want to hear mine and Toby's take, like, I guess go back to that. But, like, Lee, what's your... Do you have any major... Thoughts? Yeah. Um, this, yeah. This girl's state. <laughs> Is there? Well, they do a say, they do a it, girl's version. There's not a movie called Girl's State, oh, but, but there, there, is, there is a girl's, girl's state. Jeez, that'd yeah. be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's all homemakers and stuff. 
Well, they are in Texas. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, obviously, I really liked it, but um, it was very challenging to watch and very uh, poignant at this time. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Good time to release this film. Um, for me, what I found um, troublesome to watch was that the boys, I mean, obviously, it's a fake um what would you call political. it? Political yeah. camp, whatever you want to call it. But um, there was the one boy, and I can't remember his name, but he had so many views. But because his views weren't popular, he changed what his uh, yeah. points were in order to win. Yeah, that's the, politics. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's, it becomes not about what politics should be. It should become about... It becomes about a popularity vote. And who's yeah, the most that's popular. politics. <laughs> it, it, really remi- like, it really reminded me of like a political version of like hoop dreams <laughs> in, in the sense of the filmmakers struck gold with who they decided to follow. And in that sense, they were able to show both yeah. sides of politics, like people that actually get into politics and are interested in it for the sake of good yeah. and doing a ch- making a change and doing something positive. And then the ones that are like... I want power and money and yeah. popularity. And it just goes to show as well, like, if you're, if, if what you want isn't, you know, if other people aren't behind you, then it's not, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. It makes no difference what your points are. Unless you've got a following, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Stephen gets close, but then loses at the end in the most heartbreak, like... But he... <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but he changes. Yeah. He changes what he's... Views that was it. The no, 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 Stephen. Uh, sorry. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Stephen was the the main kid who kind of loses at the end. Who's just like from the get go, the son of the immigrant and thing. Like. But I thought he was anti guns, but then changed to being pro guns because of the party. Maybe I'm wrong. No, he wasn't really pro. He wasn't pro or anti guns. He's okay. from Texas. He's just like, yeah, guns are a thing. I'm not going to. I'm not here to take away your. But there ride. should be regulations <laughs> yeah. around That's them. It. That's um, what it was. I, yeah. The other thing that shocked me. And was, they tried to use the fact that he uh, went in an anti school shooting march against him. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, oh that's what God. it was. Just manipulation. <laughs> yeah. The 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 thing that got me was obviously it's Texas. And everyone's like pro guns or, or pro guns to some extent. And me being an Australian, I'm just like the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> we had one shooting and the government took them all away. Yeah. <laughs> which it's is so shocking for yeah. us to watch a film like that. And young boys are like, yeah, 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 pro guns. Um, I will say though, Boy State had possibly one of my favourite scenes in an entire film all year for 2020, uh, when there's the talent show and there's a guy speed doing Rubik's cubes. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best. Speed Cubers was a good doco as well. Yeah. <laughs> was that this year? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Explain. It's on Netflix. It's um, an Australian film. There's a, a there's an Australian kid who actually went to my high school, um, and he was like the world champion at speed cubing. And they it's only forty minutes or something, mm. but they have they had the Rubik's cube um, finals here in 2018 or 2019 in Melbourne at the Exhibition Centre. I have no idea. I would have, I would have gone, gone for sure. That would have been amazing. Gone, but, um, it's like going to the darts. Yeah. <laughs> so this one, this one kid is, I don't know, he's in his mid twenties or something and he's, he's starting to lose it. He's not as fast anymore. And there's this like autistic kid from the States who idolizes this Aussie kid. Oh. And then they finally meet and it's just a real charming story. And the autistic kid just, like a mentor mentee like yeah but yeah. he kicks his ass like he's just yeah. much better at it than the Aussie kid and he's just like but it's like game recognized game <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> a really sweet story and um 
yeah, it just follows those two around and they go to the States and, you know, meet his family and his family are full supportive of him. That's and all amazing. That. I highly recommend that one. I'm Spe- pretty sure... Speed Cubers? Yeah, Speed Cubers on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it was this year. Um, Hell pretty, yeah. Pretty, pretty positive. Well, Netflix has kind of been crushing it this year with the sweet little docs. Yeah, well, then then you've got the Octopus Teacher. Oh, yeah. my God. You, you haven't seen that one, have yeah. you, Lee? My Octopus Teacher? Oh, jeez. Yeah. That is just phenomenal. I saw that and then messaged Chris straight away to watch that one. It was already on my list, but I hadn't gotten around to it yet, so I immediately chucked it on and was just like... Okay. He's a dis- disenfranchised, like, DOP? Was he a DOP? He was a do- uh, was su- su- major documentarian. Yeah, but he was he just kind of lost his love for it, and he's South African. So he moves back to his hometown and just starts swimming in the ocean, and then... Stumbles across a little baby octopus in a kelp garden. Yeah. And then goes back every day for a year and... Becomes friends with the octopus. And then, and then he learns about life and becoming engaged and connected with his family. It's just like... <sighs> I think I've seen part of it or I've seen a trailer or something but when you said about the little octopus I'm like yeah I've seen that yet yeah. just, just when the uh... <laughs> the octopus like it, it recognises him pretty much Aww. it goes for rides with him and stuff like that it'll jump onto him Aww. and then he'll start swimming and it'll like be holding onto him and mm. reach out it's tent- tentacle to like say day. and I think it's some of the first footage of like certain behavior that octopi octopus captured in the captured in the captured wild in the wild like yeah. um like the people knew that they would build shell armors and stuff like that but this is some of the first footage actually captured of it it's really really interesting really crazy yeah and, it's and all, pretty sure it's all just shot by him as well yeah yeah shot and edited by him as well yeah. and yeah um I mean, there's obviously a lot of second unit stuff after the fact. Yeah, and they, like, you know, all the, the drone main, stuff. The and main stuff is all shot by him. Yeah, it's really lovely. Just if you're wanting, yeah, like there's, a speed cube, it's like, just a bit sweet. Yeah. I'm definitely watching both of those films yeah, off yeah. your recommendations. But, um, like, that's the thing. This year was a fucking killer one for docs. Beastie Boys? I mean, the Beastie Boys story was amazing. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that one. That was really good. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to... There's not much to say. It's just them telling their story. And, I mean, we're all obviously massive Beastie Boys fans, so it was just... It was a nice kind of accompaniment to the Beastie Boys book. Yeah, which I I haven't read, but that gives you a good idea about what that book would be about, I guess. Yeah. They're good storytellers, I think. Incredible. And I think uh, their friendship... Um, their chemistry on stage talking about um, their story is great what I loved about it is that there was the fourth beastie boy which was the girl what was her name yeah Kate Kate and how honest they are about it Mm -hmm. and then them talking about how when they return home after their big success and then having trouble connecting you know, it's mm. not a rags to riches story. It's it's they own up to everything. Yeah, yeah. which is which is just goes to the testament of how great those guys are as people and as artists. Like yeah, you can't fault them. They they show growth. Like, yeah. Well, that's like there's the amazing that, quote. Yeah. That well, there's a scene where they're like because <clears throat> one of their lyrics or something for girls. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like yeah okay this is the time when we wrote that song. We were this doing is, it ironically, yeah. but then we realized. Are we actually? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then um, there's the great interview with um, Ad Rock where I want to say it was like Joan Rivers, like not Joan Rivers, but like someone like that. Joan Rivers, who am I? Fucking 80. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like something like maybe like an Ellen or something. Like some, ju- like some journalist was interviewing him and said like, 
hey, this is, you're now coming out and like in support of like all these women and like, you know, in just like, you know, all of this stuff, yet you wrote this song and his response was, I would rather learn, to, I would rather learn to be, grow and be judged by that than still be that same person. Yeah. And you just like, There's, I mean, that, that, sum, that sums up the whole, the whole doco really. Mm. And the reverence that, and pure love they have for... Yauk, who's yeah. obviously no longer with us, and, and Spark Jones has shot shit out of it as well. Yeah, yeah, live as well. It is filmed live, so he's vision it. switching it and directing up in the booth. Yeah. And I love that there's some, they leave in the fuck ups of like he didn't have the clip packet ready, so they they're like cut to the clip spike, and you hear him like no, they do it with the mic and stuff. It's great. And all the like they're very like uh, jokey about everything, and like is it Ad Rock who has like a film that he made at some oh, point? Oh yeah, and yeah, in the into a pool, and then they just keep repeating him going. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> the calming noise. It, it, it's brothers and best friends paying the shit out, like having fun and like you know teasing each other on stage, and just it's fantastic. It is yeah. good. Um, but I would have to say the best doc of the year, Dick Johnson is dead. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. I haven't. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure with that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's <laughs> just, it, that like just makes you feel like it's so yeah. good. It's it's so good. All the death scenes and everything like that. Um, the way she, I mean, uh, Kristen Johnson's an incredible. Like, what else know, has she done? She'd done another documentary called Camera Person about being that. a camera person. It's actually out on Criterion. Oh, so there you go. Yeah, um, she's just incredible. At, like filmmaking and knowing how to set up a shot and then using her love and her talent to connect with her father as he's going through the early stages of dementia and then using it as an exercise to acknowledge loss and grief and yeah. death is next level yeah. <laughs> falling down the stairs and oh, I the, yeah I, I showed Lee like my end of year map Wrap up video that's and all then I know of it. the final clip. I'm just like, can, can you just put your arm up a little? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a really sweet film. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about that film. Just just go and watch it. It's yeah. about it's about a lady. Yeah, like you said, coming to terms with her dad dying. Yeah, and, and it's having fun with it. Such an amazing like examination of the process of dabda, essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah, denial, acceptance, betrayal. Is that acceptance grief <laughs> pretty sure acceptance is in there twice you gotta accept that you've accepted <laughs> um, but yeah I mean yeah good docos this year um, I mean I could probably spend an entire podcast episode on Dick Johnson but we'll just yeah, but without having like spoiling it entirely yeah you don't want to spoil yeah. all that I think there was something else that came out I can't remember now mm. it doesn't matter Anyway. Anyway. Moving on. Yeah, let, let's move it on. So, I don't know. Would we look- say Borat's kind of like a mockumentary doco, since from the doco topic? No, it's just a straight comedy movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I get what you're kind of saying with I'm that. Just linking it in. It's, yeah, it's like saying Jackass is a documentary. I it's know. not. <laughs> um, Borat was okay. I was way better than it had any right to be. <laughs> I agree, but Bill and Ted was way better than it had any right to be. No, I, I had because you were so skeptical, like because yeah. I'm a massive Bill and Ted fan, and I've just been hyped for this for like Look, I'm a big, years. I'm a big fan of Bill and Ted as well, but like I didn't think this was necessary. Yeah, but that surprised the shit out of me. That was way better than it should have been. Yeah. It was way better than it had any right to be. Yeah, it was. That was just the best. Anthony Carrigan as the robot who becomes sentient. Yeah. <laughs> He should have been in it more. It could have just been a movie on him. Yeah, they tried to make him the new death, essentially, yeah. from Bogus Journey. But yeah, I just yeah, it was the 
it was good that they finished it and there will never be another one. Yeah, that's it. It's done and it's great. Have you seen it? No. I haven't seen a single Bill and Ted film. Oh, there you go. (laughs) 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 Ben took that really well. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I haven't seen seen Mulan. (laughs) (laughs) Or or Frozen. No, the original. Like, I haven't all that. Toby doesn't want to build a snowman. (laughs) (laughs) I I did watch Beauty and the Beast this year. Yeah. The, the new one or the old no, one? No, the old one. This Wait, are we talking one? old, old one? Like the Cocteau one from the 40s? No, no, Chris, no one's talking about that. <laughs> but it's the best one! <laughs> we watched Beauty and the Beast like a week ago. <laughs> Please subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> um, yeah, I know Lee's got her list open, so let's just Well, we just mentioned uh, Disney, so we could talk about Soul. I'll turn that off within half an hour. Yeah, okay, this is interesting. So I, I want to ask why. Because it was crap. Okay. It was Explain. Bo- it was boring. It was like, just, oh, okay, so this is the concept. This animation is like, oh, the start animation is really nice. Uh, I'd like to see it on, like, in high def. But <laughs> that was one of my things watching that in that first whole opening 15 minutes. I was like, too... I wish I had seen this in a cinema. Yeah, it, but it looks too, it, it re- it's reached a point where, like, it's too realistic. It's like kind of got the uncanny valley kind of feel we'll to it, it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then it just goes down into this real childish kind of stuff. And I kind of liked the, hi, I'm Jerry or whatever that character yeah, was. Like, like the Jerry's. Mm, the, the Jerry's um, and the Terry's. <laughs> I liked that. Like, I kind of liked the concept of that. I mean, the drawing, the animation of that. Mm, it's um inspired by, I forget. I think it was, some Dal, not da- maybe Dal, uh, no, uh, it, it's the uh, light paintings. It's, um, Picasso. Pic- yeah. And also was inspired by old jazz records. Yeah. So the, the, the minimalist, like, line yeah. drawing to each, someone with a saxophone. Yeah. Hard to explain, but yeah. I think I also disliked it because I hate jazz. Um, I hate jazz. But it just, it didn't. Jazz is great, it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it, did not, it did not grab me at all. I didn't care for that character. I didn't care for Tina. Is it Tina Fey? Tina Fey doing the voice of 23. didn't care for that whatsoever. Like, there was just nothing about it that made me want to continue watching it. Not even the Trent Reznor score? I didn't even notice it. Like, yeah, that score was great. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the main character either, and I'm a bit on the fence with Soul because I did watch it the whole way through, and I did find I was affected by it a little bit. I really liked the 22 character. Mm-hmm. I thought she was great. Um, I thought she was the only good thing about the film. Her, you know, coming to Earth and finding all the little things that she loves about life, and, and um, there's that scene where she looks over and two people are at a cafe having a chat and that's the real part of being yeah. alive. It's not about your purpose or what you're going to do. It's more about all that sort of thing. Um, I didn't particularly like his character and when he turned into a cat, I was kind of... That's, I that's what cats, I... Yeah. And I was when like, he oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah well, they, they, they come far. back down to Earth and 22 goes into his... <laughs> 20, 22 goes into his body and he goes into the body of a therapy cat. And then, so, got, so then they've got to meet up with Graham Norton, who's that like pirate guy on a ship in the wasteland thing. Yeah, that's where I turned it off. Yeah, they got to meet up with him in the real world to like hold a seance thing to swap the bodies out and blah blah blah. That's when I was just like, oh, I don't kind of like this anymore. No. Stuck with it, and because to me, I was like, oh, that becomes a very generic Disney film at that point. Yeah, I thought it was just generic. And then, 
it really redeems itself in the yeah. third act. For me. I was expecting something on the lines of like Inside Out quality. So was I. It yeah. was the yeah. same it just... guy who made it, and he was his answer. He said it was his answer to that film. You know, like you, you, you we've had this in the podcast before, where you, every new film you make is answering. Or yeah, it, it's in a, it was um, uh, it's a Truffaut quote where he yeah. said, uh, "Every filmmaker's next uh, most recent film is in direct opposition to, the, or in direct response yeah. or opposition to their previous one." Oh, that's and that's what I read about or heard about like before it even came out and all of that kind of thing. That's why I was, I guess, I was expecting a bit more. But yeah, like I said, I I didn't finish it. I have no intention of finishing that's, it. That's now it's fair. It just did not grab like Inside Out grabbed me within the first five minutes. Inside Out's incredible. Um, Inside Out. Same with the up as well, like you know, which is the same director yeah, as well, Pete which Doctor. is which yeah. is what really surprised me. It's like the, the the other ones that he's made, like they've grabbed me immediately. This one didn't, and I just just have no desire to go back and watch it. I would say it's the um, algorithm or the <laughs> of Disney films. Oh, they've, for sure, they've worked out how much emotion, how much scariness, and how much comedy to yes. do. And then this is them cut, copy, and pasting. That's, well, this is what was successful yeah, in the past. That's exactly how I see Let's it as well. Let's do it again. Yeah. And while they, there was really uh, lovely message in it, and I would probably watch it with kids, like because I'm a teacher, I would probably mm-hmm. watch it with kids because it has some lovely... In, a, in an educational way. Yeah. I'm coming at it that way. I'm like, oh, there was some really nice messages in there and I could definitely use that to talk with my kids and we could learn from that. Hmm. Is it a great film? I don't think so. No. It's, yeah, totally. That's, that's how I see Inside Out. Is like That is just that is a phenomenal movie for kids because of the emotional mes- messages. It's like, you're okay to have these feelings or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Whereas this, I get, I get what they were trying to do with it. It just... Just didn't connect with me, and I, and I think the major failing of it is um, the protagonist. Like, yeah, he was. All just... of us have started off by saying, "I don't like the main character." Yeah. His motivation and his like, there's no point that you connect with him, and no, like he's a very kind of selfish and wanting to do it for his own like means. Dorothy like, Baba, I get to play with Dorothy Baba. He's very <laughs> single-minded, and I get that that's the growth of the character, that by the end he actually learns to go beyond that, and, like, I, I get it. I get it. That's yeah. fine, but... Um, Doesn't yeah. make it enjoyable to watch. My, I saw a wonderful joke. I wish I knew who, who said it, and I'd credit them with, but they said about Soul and the protagonist, like, he's such a smug dickhead that even his ghost soul has a fedora. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew who'd said that so I could credit, but yeah. So, like, it's, yeah, Soul is very mid-tier. Yeah, very mid-tier. Yeah. Very, very mid-tier. I would definitely, definitely mid-tier. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you didn't even finish it, so... No. No. Um, Well, I guess, are are we... Do we... I mean, we briefly talked about Borat before. Do we want to actually go into that one, or...? Nah. Yeah, you're not missing much if you don't see it. Mm. It's well, it's it's fine. That's all I got to say. It's fine. It's not. It, it's not a political masterpiece. God like, no. That's how people were trying to do. It didn't say which over, is overshadowed the actual thing of us. There's actually like, a this, story yeah, and a this, growth to the character. The story is is way better than anything else. I mean, that whole stuff with was it Mitt Romney? I can't remember. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, yeah, like oh. that was just. No, but that's just so fake. Like, mm. you can do anything in the edit room. You can do en- you can yeah. do anything with any kind of footage, and that's exactly what they did. It is the epitome of manipulation, manipulating the audience to try to get a message, like um, uh, their message across. 
it's not an honest film in that regard. Yeah. And that really rubbed me the wrong way because... Especially when it comes out of a scene where he's actually hanging out for a week with MAGA people yeah. and actually shows like, hey, these guys are actually real people. Yeah, and they just took me in. Like it it's seemed you like know, an, not, an, not, an attack know. piece for, for no reason. It's like... It, it, that that really that really bugged me. It, became, really, it, it started. It moved into a territory of um, bipartisanship, where it's actually showing yeah both, both sides, sides, and then, and then just, it shit. Like not to say, like I'm I'm not defending. I'm not defending. No, it's just um, more like Giuliani if, any, yeah, anything if anything's like bipartisan, that. I'm all for. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not defending any. I'm not going leaning one yeah, side yeah. or the other. I just hate manipulative kind of doc. Mockumentary, documentary, because yeah. it crosses the line with when it goes into that whole Giuliani stuff, it becomes more of a documentary than a mockumentary. Yeah, I get you. And I hate anything that is not impartial mm-hmm. and it tries to force you to see something in a certain way when it's like, take a step back. And like, because there's so many idiots in the world who will see that as fact. Yeah. And I hate that. <laughs> I've got to admit that I saw that and I was like, whoa. And then I like immediately after the film, I had to like Google and search. And then I went back and I rewatched them. I'm like, oh wait, that is so forced. Yeah. yeah. It, it's like he's... It looks so bad. Like hmm. the manipulation, what you're saying. And yeah. then you act like, I'm not one to like just sit there and let it go. I'm like, no, I'm going to go back and like look at this but problem. How, how many people are going to do that? It's like, yeah. you know... No yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. How many people are actually ever going to go? They'll watch Borat at home on Amazon and be like, "Oh, that was fun," and never watch it again. Yeah. Like it's, they, like you think about the cultural impact that the first, first Borat film had. That shit got nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. Like it, it had an impact. Like everything. And the second one, everyone's like, "Cool, that's time." Yeah. Like every, everything else, like everything else, like with his daughter and all of that, that was all wonderful. Yeah. yeah. That, I that, like was, that. that was. Well, the, the, that's the best thing now that we're moving into award season, season and things that she's actually becoming the thing out of that. She's getting a shitload of. Nominations for supporting. She's oh, really? Yeah, she's know. the best thing in that film, yeah. and her arc and like that whole story is the best thing. And as an uh, like unknown actor, like she crushed it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm happy that that's all happening for her. That's that's wonderful. It's a shame. I did like reading... his costume? Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> the reading thing just like overshadowed her. All it, that exactly. everything that happened before her now. And it was the worst part of the film. One scene. Yeah. It, it was the clickbait headline of the movie, and yes. it's the worst part. Didn't of the whole you just thing. said it clickbait? That's what. That's what that was. Anyway. Yeah. That, that's enough of that one. That's enough of Borat. Yeah. Um, Borat. Well, I guess we're kind of in the home stretch here. Do we talk about... Uh, have you got many left, Toby? Or Oh, we've got First Cow, Sound of Metal. Oh, okay. Yeah, First Cow. That, that was high up on my uh, list. Yeah, First Cow was not what I expected. Yes. It, it's <laughs> a Wasn't Kelly... Wasn't a cow? It is no, a... No, it's about a cow. <laughs> but I thought, like... So, from the trailer, I did, like I knew it was in Pioneer or, like, New Territory or whatever they want to call it, like, in America. But I... Th- from the trailer, I thought that they, those two main characters... The, had the cow? Had the cow, and they brought it to, like, an Indian reservation or whatever. You didn't expect it to be a low-key heist movie? No, I did not expect that at all. Uh, in, in the edit, and it's also a very... <laughs> it is a very Kelly Reichardt yeah, film. It is where... a, it's a great film. It just kind of lost me in the last act. Yep. Um, it kind of just dragged on a little bit too long uh, and just... I just kind of got bored with well, that, it. That's a, it, Kelly Reichardt has a very specific pace yeah. and tone to her films, and you're either on board with it or you're not. I, like, I was, I, on, I was yeah. on board with it. It's just like once they get spotted and the, you know the chase scene happens yeah. and all of that, 
it just kind of like okay. you, you were in the third act now we need you speed it up a little yeah. I get it, I get it yeah it, like if, I, I can't fault that movie though but, like I, I can't say yeah. a bad thing about it because it's 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 a phenomenal film it's shot majestically mm. it's so well acted I it's just really really good and I like the set dressings and the costume yeah. design and everything about it was fantastic it's just I, I just kind of got lost just kind of got yeah a bit over it towards the end well, maybe a, maybe fair. it just needed to be trimmed like 10 15 or something i get you yeah it's... i loved i love the um the governor or whatever the the short dude oh toby in, jones he's yeah, a great actor he's in like everything like he's just he's the fucking best yeah I, I love toby jones he's he's wonderful so i'm glad i watched it i only really watched that recently and that was yeah really liked it in the chinaman as well mm. um who, whatever his name is he was Toby's using that term because that's how he's referred to in the film. Yeah. <laughs> Lee just like gave the biggest like fucking racist. <laughs> he's, he's, he's from China. He's and, that, and, it's, and it's also that's how they obviously it's a pioneer film and that's how they're framing, how, yeah. how they're perceived back then. Toby's not a racist. No. <laughs> so yeah, like he was he was fantastic in it, and I actually thought it was going to be like a low key gay love story. It kind of has that vibe a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, like I thought it was going to be you know not the, the, the scene where they get the house together and stuff, yeah. and they slowly start fixing it up. He's yeah, like, like, are we going to get a like break back thing happening? Yeah, that's here? that's seriously what I thought because when they first met, like and he's naked in the forest yeah. or whatever, and he's like gives him some clothes and then he disappears and they don't see each other for two years. It's like, hang on, is this what's going to be happening? Yeah, I'm in. But like, this I wasn't, not what I, I wasn't expecting. Yeah. The first cow is actually their love. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So then that one's just lovely, but obviously it's not. It's not for everyone. It's, it's, it's probably specific. for about three percent of the audience. Yeah, I watched it with Claire, and she was bummed out. <laughs> like, just not her speed of movie. At yeah, all. I don't think a lot of people would really enjoy that. But yeah. I really, I, I did, I really did enjoy it. Just a little bit lost towards the end. Yeah. Uh, do we do a speed round on Sound of Metal? Yeah, that was really good. Riz Ahmed. Oh my god. He's uh, his second film this year about a uh, musician with a, who's undergoing a medical trauma. What was the other one? Mogul Mowgli. The one about him is the hip hop artist who gets a um autoimmune issue. Yeah. Sound of Metal was just fuck, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. I only found out after the fact cuz um that it's uh, produced and I want to say maybe even a story by credit uh, the guy um, Derek she- I always I fail at pronouncing his surname but the guy that did Blue Valentine and Place Beyond the Pines I think I've seen Place Beyond the, the Pines the Gosling um, Bradley Cooper like Bank Heist you think yeah. Um, yeah it's a very and the guy that had made Sound of Metal was like a editor and worked with him and they so it's them doing his, his first film this, it's, it's the best sound about, design film ever it's just a story about addiction really yeah and yeah it's just I don't know just it's just, it's just a really good film like coming to terms with deafness when you're a heavy metal drummer and, and also a recovering heroin junkie yeah, <laughs> yeah and just trying to cope with everything like it sounds like it's all gone Pete Tong yeah better <laughs> way better and I love it's all gone Pete Tong but it's seen that movie in a long time yeah but it's it's all gone Pete Tong gets serious towards the end but it is a comedy um this, this is, is serious serious from the fucking get go and the way they've used audio to yeah oh, just when the deaf school like now it's coming back the scene with the slide and the kid yeah 
yeah, yeah. feeling the vibrations just but you it's it's one of the it's one of the few movies where you actually feel like you are you're deaf like yeah. you are that you are the main character because as he's losing his sound like all the sound stops or it all becomes muffled so like we put that slight ringing happening yeah like the yeah. tinnitus or whatever like he's when he goes into the deaf school and they're all signing it's just completely silent it threw yeah it's essentially almost a silent film for stretches and there's like very little subtitle it's like putting there's, there's you no in the that's crazy there's, yeah. there's no like, I don't think there's, there's, a, there's occasionally some yeah yeah okay mm. I, can't I think I can't, yeah. I can't remember um, but yeah that, that was what I took away the most from it is that you actually feel like you've lost your hearing yeah like you're going through what he is going through as as it as it's as it's happening, yeah, and top notch performances yeah, across the board. The three leads, and Olivia Cook, oh, she's the best, yeah, and the guy who runs the um, facility or whatever. Mm. Yeah, fantastic film. Yeah, okay, that was quick. That, that was quick. We we breezed through, but uh, let's move into our, our top top of the years, I guess. Vast um, of Night was one of mine. Mm. Uh, well, we haven't talked about your number one, but um. Yeah, do we? I'll, I'll quickly throw down my number one, uh, Nomadland by Chloe Zhao. Yes. Yeah, that was great. I just watched that before this. Yes. Uh, okay, so we haven't talked to you about it at all. Uh, what? What's? What did you think of Nomadland? Chris and I went and saw it at the uh, the premiere. Oh, uh, cameo, Adam Belgrave. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like, what was it? Oh, it was an advanced, uh, advanced like, advanced screening. Yeah. yeah. So we got to see it back in December a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and yeah. I um, messaged you guys when I first started this this morning and I'm like, I don't know if a film within the first 30 seconds has made me tear up, but when, oh, I suppose it's in the first 30 seconds, I won't press the thing, <laughs> um, but when she's going to her um, Store. storage and she pulls out her husband's jacket, like you don't even know what that jacket is, but you know what that jacket yeah. is just from her reaction and then she just like pauses and hugs it and then for the Smells rest of the it. film, like she's kind of wearing it and... And um, it is a very slow heartbreak of a film that just gets more and more sadder and sadder and sadder and lonelier and lonelier. But at the same time, hopeful and reassuring. Uh, yeah, if we're going to talk about it, you don't want to talk about it. Okay, okay. That sounds not for what we were about to say. That sounds to say we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I what I love it's a circle is that of a film. yes, if, if she seems to um not have a choice in so much of the beginning of the film, like it's, it's so much is kind of forced on her. She doesn't really have a lot of options, but everyone that she meets along the way, they sort of get pulled out of the nomad existence to for whatever family or dreams death. or death, yeah. <laughs> whatever. But but for her character, it seems like, well, she doesn't have that choice. She doesn't have those options. And then as the film goes on, we realise, well, there's there are actually options for her to settle down and not have the nomad life. But actually, since she was a little girl, um, she's always sort of, this Being is, that way inclined, yeah. if that makes so sense. I, I, I agree to an extent, but I think early on when she's talking to her sister, like... Oh, no, that's that's in the back half. That's in the film. No, I yeah. swear there's a conversation. No, the sister's enough. not in there. I could have sworn there was... I could have sworn there was like... No, your sister doesn't pop up, but she might be on the phone oh, to okay, her or yeah. something yes. like that. At the beginning where it's like you can come and come... Like, you don't need to live in your van. You can come here. There's a space mm. here to live or whatever. That's right. Yeah, sorry. Um... So she did have a choice from the beginning. She just chose not to. And then there's that wonderful scene with her sister where she just flat openly says, like, that one's on me. Yeah. Like, this is... I'm purposely making this choice as a character to 
live in this lifestyle and I have to reap the benefits and the consequences of it and yes. take it as it comes. And there's that also that wonderful scene again towards the end where she says, I'm that one time of her life, which was Empire, the mm-hmm. town that got destroyed or whatever happened to it. Um, she goes, she goes there. Now I'm living in memory and I'm not living for myself or I'm not living in the present. Or the yeah. Future that's when she's talking to that bloke. Yeah. David yeah. 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 He talks about his son or whatever dying. And yeah. it's like, I'll see, oh, no, yeah, the, the, I'll see you down the road. That guy is real, by the way. Yeah. Um, I want to say Rick Roy or whatever. Like the guy who runs the compound of how to live the nomad life. And yeah, that is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like it's there like, is no goodbyes. It's only... I'll, I'll see, see you down the road. Oh, <laughs> fuck you, movie. Yeah. yeah. The movie was a perfect circle. Yeah. The, the hopeful for me is that... Um, the, the conversation she has with just randoms and then becomes really nice friends with them. There's the young boy who asks her for a cigarette and then she yeah. sees him later yeah. on. And then later on, the uh, sister says to her, oh, you're, oh, no, the boyfriend, I think you want to call him, says, oh, you're actually really a really, really lovely person and easy to talk to. He's like, oh, well, but most of the time. Because remember, she's really mean to him. Yeah. Um, that, for me, is the warmth <laughs> of this film that, you know, She's cleaning out dunnies and doing mm-hmm. all this shit, but the beautiful people that just, like, accept her and take her in, like, it's so gorgeous. And the way that the film was made where there's, like, five actual actors in the whole film, yeah. all of those people that she meets and becomes friends with, they are all real people that they just met and made the movie with. Oh, do you yeah. know what? I was going to ask you this question. So much of the script feels impromptu. Yeah, like, it is. And there is the base structure of everything and, like, the narrative through line essentially of the character and her where she's going her journey but the nitty-gritty of the like day-to-day stuff a lot of that was just what happened um francis mcdormand lived in the van for four months and just drove around and immersed herself in that life and her employees out made this amazing film that's crazy (laughs) yeah and so if you look at the all those people's imdb pages it's like norma is norma <laughs> and she has one credit on imdb and it's nomad land <laughs> oh my god the people she yeah. meets are just beautiful the beautiful one, the people one who talks about like the one that's gonna die and she's the kayaking the with, the birds. with the birds and oh. she sends sends yeah. franny mcdee like the video <laughs> she's franny mcdee <laughs> and she's on fire with the little Send, yeah yeah it's like that that like broke me that part that was yeah. just just beautiful but that that's what i mean like that's the signifier of the hope and it's like yeah. you, you might find yourself in a terrible like you know trodden down in a bad situation that you she knew she was going to die but she went and did what she wanted to do exactly and it's like yeah it's so it's like she knew she had no time left it's like I'm, go- I'm going to go it's like this was my favourite time I've ever lived I'm going to go back there and try it again yeah she does it's the most then that's why it was my favourite of the year it is uh, how a film can so perfectly be heartbreaking and emotionally gut like you know just a gut punch and sad but also lift you up yeah. and make your fucking spirit soar yeah. <laughs> like I, I wish I'm, I'm kind of glad I watched it for what it was I was pretty blind when I watched it this morning but I wonder how I would have felt like knowing those people were real like I literally went in blind mm. and now I'm like whoa I think yeah. it's even more impactful knowing those people are real yeah. we, well, we, 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 we didn't in, either we, like, we went in pretty blind as well like they all that all came out was like a 45 second trailer or something like that there's now a bit of a full, there's a bit of a full trailer now but at the same time it's just like it was a, I know it was it's a, beautiful it was a, shots yeah. of the landscape and Francis McDormand in a van that's yeah. it there's no story yeah. to you, it you, you have no idea I had no idea how fuck did Disney market that film I like got, oh, like, Disney isn't Disney? it Disney yeah, it's a searchlight. Yeah. 
So former Fox, Fox yeah. like now Disney. Yeah. Oh, that was shattering, not seeing the Fox logo. Uh, yeah, you've got the same one, but it's the fan <laughs> but it doesn't say Fox, yeah. actually. it just says Searchlight. Searchlight yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I want to get into that one now. Um, one of my others... Lee's pointing to her no I'm like, I can't remember if we, I know we talked about it before we recorded. No, we haven't gotten into it yet, so. <laughs> Promising young woman. Yep. What did you think, Toby? <laughs> <laughs> That's setting you up. Oh, no. As if he hated the movie. I'm kidding. No. I didn't hate the film. I just didn't think it was as good as what you guys think it is. But, no, that's f- I'm surprised you didn't what? hate it. I, I don't why, know. Why would you think I would hate that film? I don't know. It's just, I just thought you would. Okay. I'm making you sound like a misogynist cunt. No. No, no, no. Like, I, I get what you're meaning. Like, just... And it's nothing to do with that in any way. It's more... I don't you think it's, it's your vibe of film. It's, no, it's, it's like... It's not really. I mean... It, I, I don't know. Like, I... It, where do I start with that? Would you say it's anti-male? No. no it's not, not at all. Not, it's anti-people. Yeah. And it's anti-behaviour. Like, specific, like, it's not... Hey everybody, just jumping in here really quickly to say that we get very, very spoilery with Promising Young Woman. If you want to avoid any of those spoilers, uh, jump to the 1 hour, 10 minute and 30 second mark. Thanks. I, I don't know, it just wasn't a, wasn't a... It was a good film, it was well made, it was well acted. Predictable as fuck for me. Okay. That is so interesting because I had the opposite experience. We were talking about that's what we were talking about, the predictability of it. And I was there was a moment in that film where I was shocked. Like the the part with with how you thought that like yeah, Bo is you know it's the big shocking reveal of like you know him be, being there. Yeah. Like it's set up from the fucking start. It's like he when he's telling her about the story and like. Or the whole party and shit. Now they were all in the same school year or whatever, the same med school and all of that. It, it is. That's it's, set, it's set up at the it start. Is, it so is. I don't everything underst- in that film is set. Yeah. Up. So I don't like, understand why people really well like made. why you think it's like you know mm. it's such a big revelation to me. It's just like no, that, that it's, was, it's a revelation in the sense of like not in terms of plot. I, it's a revelation in terms of performance and the writing and the script of well, by the time that that happens they've made you forget about where we are in the film and what we're doing and yeah. you get so invested in him and their relationship that when it happens, you it's like getting the rug pulled out. I see, I, know, I didn't didn't like that part of it because it's like, well, this movie is kind of like, he's obviously shown growth as a person like, and he's you know, know done, done he's, he's, he's not the person that he was and he's yes. like admitted to his faults. And all of that kind of and shit. And that, that is still holding this against him. Yes, yeah. that is one of the key points and why I said that this film is an anti-man or anti-male. It's anti-like that type of behavior. <laughs> and it's the growth of something like it's everyone is a bad guy. Cassie is not a She's fucking a piece hero. Of shit. Yes. And the key point in that scene in that film is with Molly Shannon. Yeah. Like going to visit Nina's mom yeah. and she's just like, oh, What yeah, are she, you doing? Yeah. Like you're making this worse for everybody. It's, and it's, she's unable to grow as a character and so, so she has to then act out upon it. I like amazing. Yeah. Like, which which is what I I guess rubs me the wrong way about that film is because of that kind of shit. It's yeah. like you're just a, you're all terrible people yeah yeah you're all terrible people and that's the point of the film it's actions like what happened poison everyone yeah. that's involved that's the 
Yeah, it's just why I don't like it. Yeah, because it's just a wallowing in shit. Yeah, it's like fucking hell. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? I'm with you 100%. And I was actually talking to Josh um, about it on the way here, Mm -hmm. and we both felt the same about the Bo Burnham character. We're like, oh, but but oh, oh, you kind of want to, oh, but you can't justify it. But oh no, kind of, and. We both then said how grateful we were. Not that we did anything like that, but that um, Facebook and smartphones oh, and yeah. filming and all that went around when I was like a teenager or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I know that uh, I've had male and female friends show me things um, from when when we were all younger. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if might be people making out drunk or something else, something else. And back then, I didn't really think anything of it. But I imagine, say, today someone showed me that and I was a younger person. What would my reaction be? Has the world changed enough that kids doing stupid shit and then showing each other on smartphones? Like Kids are always going to do stupid yeah, shit. Yeah, that, that's the thing. But it's just you, as an adult person, having gone through growth, understand and can recognise. But is that what this film's purpose is? Is it less about the anti-male sexual thing and more like a warning? I feel like the Bo Burden character is the most interesting thing in this film because... Which is crazy to say because it's this female. positive it's such a positive thing a female thing and you come out a bit like the guy in that movie yeah the guy in that movie like I, I'm not justifying anything as well but Jesus you could be like a, a 30 year old doctor and your life's really going ahead but this it's stupid actions you did as a kid you're still they could come up and bite you is it a warning to younger people be careful what you fucking do because, you know, no matter how far along you are in your life or how good a person you are, your actions... Look at the Beastie Boys story where they come out and they own the shit that they did. Yeah, mm. and that's, I think, why the turning point for the Bo Burnham character is the fact that he won't own the yes. actions and he instead turns and calls her a cunt. Yes. Like, or you know, when the and then lies to the police. When like, the policeman comes and says, she's missing, we don't know where she is, yeah. and he knows for a damn fact yeah, that yeah. she's gone to this fucking yeah, yeah. dicey situation. But instead says men. that she's off her meds and yeah. unstable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's he then becomes... But the there, there's a reason the main song in this film is toxic. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is, yeah. And it's, it's interesting because... Yeah, like obviously you you want to protect yourself and your image and he's come so far as a doctor and all that, but I wonder if it would have been more interesting and even harder to digest if he had have been good at the end. If that had happened, it would have been a different film, but it would have been an interesting one. It would have been an, almost an anti-climax. To, like, it's, it's a very interesting, but at the same time, it, it yeah. confronts and forces her to... Play her hand kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. well, like, not just play her hand, but also acknowledge what she's doing and how she hasn't grown and she's unable to do that and that's what leads to what ends up happening and like it's it is just a like wonderful little like you said a cautionary tale of one if behavior like this can then no matter like it can just poison and destroy and like you know affects everybody and kids are going to be stupid idiots on phones and social media and all that but again i guess it's it's a cautionary tale and it's not just about kids as well you've got like the fucking dean at the school uh yeah yeah, played by connie Britton and things like you know it's yeah that's the point it's like when shit like this happens Everyone's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's an interesting take on this type I of... I really, really like and it. And it's marketed as not that. The marketing so. is shit for this film. Yeah. It, 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 I don't it makes know it look like it, a rape revenge film. 
Or like a Charlie's Angels kind of dress up film. I don't Ooh. know. <laughs> Just because she's oh, with the nurse's outfit but and it, stuff. They literally show you all her outfits in the clip. Yeah. And it's all her being sexy and drunk and, you know. You gotta market it somehow. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Sex sells. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favourite film was Baby Teeth. Yeah. Have a seat. Yep. Yeah, t- Toby, take take the reins, buddy. I, I don't even know what to talk tell, about. Tell me what Baby Teeth is about. Yeah, it's the last fifteen minutes is what is what makes that film. Because like, I watched it again for a second time just recently. Um, yeah, you might as well just spoil the whole this whole one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I loved it the first time I watched it. I just it, I. I was thinking about it for days afterwards. I don't know why, I just was. And then on the rewatch, the first hour, the first two acts, it's kind of average. Do you know anything about this film, Lee? Okay, the easiest way to explain it is a terminally ill 16-year-old girl falls in love with a junkie. Yeah. And, and like, just, hey, I'm dying, but I'm having fun hanging out with this and then, weirdo, and her and parents, parents are like, well, if this is what's making her happy... Fucking move on in, buddy. And there's and it's- growth from every single character, and it is just amazing. And it's the last 15 minutes that it just... It's just a fucking one-two gut punch. Like, and the one line... Where are you going? I don't want to hear the end. You talk. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going to talk really loud then. <laughs> um, the line that got me on the rewatch was the father at the very end when I'm posing for the photo. Yeah, and she, she um she goes smile, dad, and he just goes give me a minute. Yeah, and then he like leans his head in to try yeah. and compose himself. Just because he knew that this was like going to be you know the final weeks or whatever, she was going to be dead soon. It's and- a it's it's that thing where you find yourself actively being like, hey, I'm in a happy, I'm in a me- permanent yeah. memory right now. Yeah, and like those. Yeah, it, it was just phenomenal. So well acted. And the mother, like, when the junkie actually... Moses. Moses. <laughs> Just don't call him the... It's Mila and Mo- Moses. When Moses, like, when Moses, like, um... Like, walks out of the bedroom in the morning and the mum just goes... Like, you spent, like, you you got to say goodbye. I didn't get to say goodbye and all of that kind of stuff. And just... He just grabs her and they fall to the ground. Yeah. It's like... Fucking incredible from a first-time filmmaker as well. Yeah, and like Shannon this, Murphy, this, in, just incredible. The score is just phenomenal. There's like so many great songs. I'm, I'm gonna just, end the episode with a, a main song from Baby T yeah. here as well. Like so. the the Morat song, or whatever it is. That's no, really no, really that's like, great. But it's uh, the the weird fun violin song. Oh uh, yeah, one, yeah. Um, like just every character. They're like the four, the four main characters have just got phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, like I mean the the two kids are phenomenal. But also as well, it's such great performances from Ben Mendelsohn and Essie Davis as the yeah. parents. Like, yeah, I mean anything Ben Mendelsohn does, like it's, it's he's a, a national movie. treasure. It's a movie I don't want to spoil too much, even though I've kind of spoiled the ending. But you know where it's going. Yeah, you know, you, 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 yeah, well, you, that, that's pretty much it. You know where it's going to go. You know what's going to like kind of happen. And the training devices yeah, as well. Like, Sorry, I'm just like throwing out shit yeah, coming to my head about it. Like they, they were really good, like, you know, romance and... It's a very like, Sydney film as well. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. It, it just, you, you got to stick with it because you can get, you can kind of like after, you know, once it gets to the middle, like second act, it kind of just meanders a little bit. It gets stuck in what it is and then it finally... And, and like once it gets to the Christmas part Oof. and the water breaks... Yeah. 
and like <laughs> yeah I forgot about that <laughs> but, like the whole growth with, Barclay, the whole yeah. growth with the mother like how she was you know her, the father was because he's a psychiatrist he's like oh she's always on the meds always on valleys or something like that and she's like no I'm off them now but she can't play piano like cause she was a pianist yeah. and she can't play piano because she wants to spend as much time with Miller and she refuses to play with Miller it, and then at the Christmas time it's like okay finally and then just uh, it's it's about everyone rec- a family reconciling with something and becoming a family again yeah like they did, both didn't want to accept the fact that they've got a terminally ill child and they've done you know the, it's like the one person that has accepted it is Miller yeah and then it's like her helping God. them get through the, oh it's so fucking good telling the birds they're crazy it's yep. like uh, Highly recommend that one. That was the best film of last year. Yeah, and Easily. how great is it that you got an Australian film as your number one? Yeah, <laughs> it's the best Australian film I've seen in uh, God knows how long. Mm. Uh, I can't think of anything else that's, that, that is near as good as that, like on an emotional level. Uh, like, I seriously can't. Like, it's, what, it's probably one of my favourite, if not my favourite, Australian film. Mm. Like it's just and again, first time filmmaker Shannon Murphy, way to fucking go. <laughs> yeah. well, she's done a few other things, like first time directing though. I thought she directed a few like TV shows, like oh yeah, that's what I'm saying, first feature, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know, have we got any others, or is that our? Is that are we done for 2020? Honorable mention: Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh okay, yeah, that's right. You throw Jim Cummings some absolute love. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, just as a, if you're after something weird and fun, Jim Cummings <laughs> that movies. Was, that was yeah. fantastic. I felt bad. He he. I posted out an honorable mention to that film, and he's like, "Thanks." Ah, like, oh, <laughs> I wish I'd put you in my tops, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think good. that's all I've got. Um. Yeah. Well, fuck. 2020 is over we're into 2021 nothing's changed just more movies on the horizon yeah we're gonna get all the ones that didn't come out last year coming out like fucking the Wes Anderson movie that never came out and Dune and yeah I feel bad for Villeneuve yeah it's it's gonna be interesting I hope they sue Warner Brothers to shit <laughs> <laughs> fuck you at and yeah um but yeah thank you very much for listening everybody um send us an email or hit me up on twitter or the facebook and let us know what some of your favorite films of the year were um yeah it's, it's uh, lovely to hear from you all and hopefully we'll get some more suggestions and hopefully we've given you some but uh other than that we will be back in a fortnight's time with a very interesting episode What's that one? Uh, we, we might have uh, some, some guests on for the next episode. We're, something different's going to happen for the next film. All I know is it's, a, it's Bernardo Bertolucci's first film. I forget the title, but uh, yeah. Tune in in a fortnight's time for that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks. And again, I'll plug for a third or fourth time. Uh, check out the Patreon. Um, we're, I think, in two days' time recording our audio commentary for Akira. Very so, excited. Mm. Uh, but for this week's episode uh, and for 2020, I'm Chris. I'm Lee. Toby. We'll see you next time. Bye.